house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Good evening, people. Hey, as we go ahead and start the show tonight, I want to play this song from, from Matthew West. I would have given up on me by now. Called the God I would have labeled me a who stays. Yeah. Because I feel just like a lost. This God rocks, just so you know. Listen to this great song. If I were you, I would have turned around and walked away. I would have labeled me beyond repair. Because I feel like I'm beyond but somehow you don't see me like I do. Somehow you're still here. You're, you're the, the God, God who stays. You're the God who stays. You're the one who runs in my direction. When the whole world walks away, you're the God who stands with wide open arms. Yeah, he does. And you tell Wash over you. I used to hide every time I thought I let you down. Always thought I had to earn my way. But I'm learning you don't work that way. Cause somehow you don't see me like I do. Somehow you're still here. You're the God who stays. You're the God who stays. You're the one. Yeah. 
I love that song. Oh, th Matthew West is awesome. In the little A way. Okay. Only God is awesome in the big A way, people. Yeah, he is. All right. So Matthew West, I don't know, you guys, if you have ever listened to this guy's music. Oh, gosh, it's so, it's so good. That's like one of his more recent songs. It's called uh, The God Who Stays. And if you watch the, if you watch the video on YouTube, it's even more impactful to use a word my husband loves yeah the word impactful people it's impactful <laughs> anyway hello everybody i'm glad you're out there wherever you are and uh hey i wanted to uh share with you tonight what we're gonna do is we're going to um look at um well we're gonna look at this um part of a um press well it's not really a press it's actually a committee on oversight and reform and it was it was titled the administration's religious liberty assault on lgbtq rights this actually took place thursday this past thursday on the 27th of february uh, at the rayburn house office building in washington dc it was a three and a half hour panel of people pontificating about politics <laughs> sorry i just had to say it that way because it was kind of funny anyway um but it's really interesting and so uh we are we i promise will not bore you with all three and a half hours of this but i am going to play you about i'm going to say maybe 15 minutes of it so that you can hear at least two people that spoke and maybe later i'll play i'll play you some of the rest and of course if you'd like i'll tweet it out on twitter and then you can go and you can um, click the link and you can, if you're bored, then you can go ahead and you can watch all three and a half hours of it. Uh, I actually watched, I think I bet a half hour of it. So, but we're going to look at, look at that. And also the other thing I want to do just really fast is today is leap year, people. Today is leap year day. day. Today is a day that we leaped. <laughs> we leapt. Yeah, we did. <laughs> Some of us took huge leaps. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. We were like, Bareface is leaping over there to the other side of me. Wait, on the count of three, one, two, three, Bareface, let's, Bareface, 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 <laughs> let's leap. Okay, get on screen. Okay. okay. On the count of three, let's leap. One. Where are we leaping to? Two. I don't care. Ready? One, two, <laughs> three. You're that was delayed. Can you not do it? Okay, I said three. Okay, let's try this again. On three or after three? Like one, two, three, leap. Okay, after okay. three. Okay, ready? One, <laughs> two, and three, leap. Okay, there you go. All right. Yeah. Well, this is leap day. The harps are like this is a leap, <laughs> leap year. Because yeah, it is. Because our calendar is, you know, what it is. Um, best we can do, you know, because if you take the um, basically the roughly three hundred sixty-five and a quarter days that it takes for the Earth to revolve around the sun, and that's up to speculation. I understand that, but you know, when you take it into the, um, you know, the 12 months that we have then so to kind of accommodate that quarter day every four years we 
at a day. We save up the quarter days and throw it into one. And Yeah, I want to give a little bit of history here. Yeah, and it's still off by 27 seconds, but go ahead. Here's the history of leap year, people. According right. to thoughtco.com. It's on the web. It must be true. It is. So it's what it says. It's not very long, people. Okay, it says a leap year is a year with 366 days instead of the usual 365 days. Leap years are necessary because the actual length of a year is 365.242 days, not 365 days as commonly stated. Leap year occurs every four years and years that are evenly divisible by four. 2004, for example. But not evenly divisible by 100. Have 366 days. This extra day is added to the calendar on Feb February 29th. However, there is one exception to the leap year rule involving century years, like the year 1900. Since the year is slightly less than 365.25 days long, adding an extra day every four years results in about three extra days being added through, throughout 400 years. For this reason, only one out of every four century years is considered as a leap year. Century years are only considered as leap years if they are evenly divisible by 400. Therefore, 1700, 1800, 1900 were not leap years, and 2100 will not be a leap year. None of us will be here in 2100, just so y'all know. <laughs> but we know ahead of time that 2100 will not be a leap year, people. Anyway, uh, but 1600 and 2000 were leap years because those year numbers are evenly divisible by 400. Julius Caesar is the father of the leap year. Julius Caesar was behind the origin of leap year in 45 BC. The early Romans had a 355-day calendar, and to keep festivals occurring around the same season each year, a 22- or 23-day month was created every second year. Julius Caesar decided to simplify things and added days to different months of the year to create the 365-day calendar. The actual calculations were made by Caesar's astronomer, Sosagenes, Sosagenes, I don't know how to say that, but I'll spell it. It's S-O-S-I-G-E-N-E-S, -E -E that guy. Anyway, every fourth year following the 28th day of Februarius, February 29th, one day was to be added, making every fourth year a leap year. In 1589, Pope Gregory XIII further refined the calendar with the rule that the leap day would occur in any year divisible by four, as described above. Probably, need, probably didn't need to know all that great super history about leap year. But you know what I feel bad for? People who are born on February 29th. Because <laughs> it's like, like, what day do they celebrate their birthday when February 29th, like, isn't in the, in the calendar year? Do they celebrate on the 28th or do they do it March 1st? I actually have a friend that's born on the 29th. Her name's, um, um, uh, Delia. That's what her name is. You, you know Delia from Pickleball? Today's her birthday. Just like Gary on Parks and Recreation. What was that? Yeah. Gosh. All right. Now, here's just no, another question. I just need uh, some interaction in the U in uh, the YouTube community or Periscope. Well, just, you know, since we're talking about calendars, I just wanted to throw out one little trivia thing. Okay. Do you know what happened on September 12th, 1752? No. I was not alive then. 
nobody was. Say that again. No one was. No one was alive then. No, no one was alive when? On September 10th, 1752. There had to be people living September. No, no such day. Because, um, really? well, at least, at least, at least in Great Britain and the British colonies. Um, this is a made up day? Well, because it, Parliament at that decide, at time in 1752 decided to join the western rest of Western Europe on the Gregorian calendar, but because they're using the Julian calendar, and anyway, since you know, trying to mesh the things, anyway. Um, so at least in Britain, the British colonies, September 3rd through the 13th were eliminated. They just to get things in sync. They were just skipped. So, like, people went to bed on September 2nd, got up on the 14th. Yeah, those days were just eliminated. What happened to the people who were born on those days, though? That year? I that's, mean... That's like saying, like, in an elevator or on big buildings, like, there's no level, there's no the story 13. 13th floor. Yeah, uh, it's kind of like... Yeah, there is. <laughs> Just so you know, it's, it's, some it's, older building is not. It's, it's it's not. It's to what do they do like keep the air out. It's like wait, hold on, we're just gonna go cut through this level where there should be thirteen. Well, they just don't count it as thirteen. <laughs> that's stupid. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so that's stupid. That is one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. Yeah. So just so you know, so seventeen fifty-two, uh, September third through the thirteenth, don't exist. At least in the British colonies. You know what? You should. Brits and British colonies. You should um, take this to our potato club as a trivia question. I should. You should. And I bet you nobody would get it unless they watch this show. And um, there's nobody from there that literally actually watches our show that I know of. And you know what's really cool? Um, progress Software. You're thinking Progress Who, but they've been around for a long time. 40 plus years. Anyway, that's a long time, people. It does. They're still <laughs> the core of their language. It does uh, calendar arithmetic. You can do today plus twelve, or today minus you know eight hundred, or whatever, mm -hmm. or a date, any date in the past, BC, present day, and you know come up with. But if you do some math, that would result. In either September 3rd through the 13th, 1752, it doesn't, those won't come up because those are not to be found. All right, good to anyway. know. All right, well, I want to say hi to everybody who's watching. Hi, everybody who's watching. And I see Gina and Mia over on Periscope. I see Oregon Patriot over there. I see nobody talking in YouTube, but hey. Last time I looked, we have 400 subscribers on YouTube. Yeah, they are. None of them are fake. None of them are like swap for swap. You you come here, I subscribe to you. None of that stuff. You guys are all joined us just because you love us. <laughs> you got good taste, people. What can I say? Also, I will say, I just throw this out here before we get into this article. I'm going to read you in just a second. How many of you guys, your eyes have been bugging you lately with allergies and stuff? Because, man, my eyes have been, like, really sticky and burning. And I don't know if it's my mascara or if it's something else. But, man, my eyes lately have been just, like, 
really sore. And I don't know if it's, I don't know, Tennessee weather, you know, it snows one day, it rains and pours the second day, the third day it's spring and there's roses growing in your garden. Um, <laughs> the day after it's snowing again. Uh, so, uh, yeah, anyway, so let me know. I'm just curious if it's just me or if it's somebody else. Okay. So last night, uh, we ended the show talking about, um, how we were going to read this article from Scott Lively. Uh, Scott Lively, just so you know, is a former guest of my, of my show. He's been on here a lot of times. Um, Scott was vilified internationally for helping, um, well, for going to Uganda and he, I mean, he was literally dragged through the mud for, for trying to help homosexuals, trying to get out there and help prevent AIDS. Um, I mean, he's just been vilified horrendously. You can, you can go, just Google his name. You'll see a whole bunch of stuff. And, and it was all lies. You know, this guy is an attorney. He's a born again believer. He's, he is an amazing man. In fact, I, I, I uh, contacted him a couple days ago after my other friend contacted me that I had mentioned a couple days ago. Um, but anyway, so let me read you this article, at least part of it. And then from there, we're going to look at part of this YouTube um, three and a half hour thing we're only going to share, share with you a little bit. But I want you to see it because it's going to explain to you the conflicts between worldviews and what's being said out there about religious freedom uh, versus LGBT freedom. And so we're going to talk about tonight is what Scott Lively refers to as President Trump's most dangerous error. All right, so listen to this. Okay, it says here, uh, and this was published Feb February 24th of this year. Scott says, I've been about as strong a Trump supporter as you can find from the point in mid-2016 that I concluded he was being steadily transformed by God uh, into a genuine Christian conservative. I've been a stalwart Trump defender and apologist even when others wavered. When I ran for governor of Massachusetts against Romney protege and uber rhino Charlie Baker, my campaign slogan was pro-life, pro-gun, pro-Trump. Again, this was in Massachusetts. My archive of articles on WorldNet Daily is heavily salted with Trump lauding columns and on countless radio interviews, I've consistently asserted that I believe Donald Trump is God's man in the White House, adding the caveat that he is not in the mold of modern evangelicalism, which expects its candidates to be morally pure as the driven snow, which is why we have so few in office, but more like an Old Testament judge from the pre-monarch Israelite Republic, everyone a flawed person. So I can overlook the warts and wrinkles of a man being a real man and not a cardboard cutout from the public relations department. In fact, it's very refreshing to see a real man fight the culture war like the real war it is. However, the one issue that calls everything else into question is President Trump's apparent spiritual blindness on the question of homosexuality. Now, I've mostly given him a pass on this issue over the past three years, rationalizing that he's just being politically savvy in a dangerous area of public policy that is not accidentally extremely emotionally inflammatory to the youngest generations of public school graduates and the most passionate of the street activists of the left. 
He's also been working diligently to peel away voters from all the constituencies of the Democratic Party, including the gays. And I'm actually glad to see that many self-identified homosexuals are now pro-Trump. And those of you who don't know that, welcome to reality, okay? My argument is not that he is being politically strategic, but that he is doing it in a way that unnecessarily serves the very Marxist agenda he's trying to defeat. President Trump could easily maneuver the LGBT minefield without endorsing homosexuality itself, but he is purposefully approving it. On February 21st, in the build-up to his upcoming rally in India, he praised Bollywood, its film industry, for, for releasing its first movie promoting homosexuality, retweeting a tweet about the production with the word great. What is the message to the world when the President of the United States, a self-proclaimed Christian, applauds a morally conservative nation for abandoning its principles to celebrate homosexuality? I have a floater in this eye. It's driving me nuts. The, it just keeps floating in front of my eyes. If you see my shut my eye, I'm just trying to get it out of the way. <laughs> it's driving me crazy because of the glare. Anyway, um, anyway, it applauds a morally conservative nation for abandoning its principles to celebrate homosexuality. What kind of mentality justifies the normalization of homosexuality to an entire nation's children as a political tactic? I feel nauseous just thinking about it. Is this a partial payoff to openly homosexual Richard Grinnell? Remember that name, okay? For his willingness to be the president's hatchet man in the house cleaning of the intelligence agencies? If so, it's a devil's bargain he never should have entered into. It would unfortunately fit his pattern with Grinnell. Last year, when Grinnell announced a campaign to de decriminalize homosexuality uh, globally, a top Obama priority, I assumed this was a stunt by the notorious climber Grinnell to put Trump into a corner on LGBT issues and ensure the renewal of his plum Democratic post as U.S. ambassador to Germany. So I gave Trump a pass when he did endorse the Grinnell plan, but I offered the president an alternative approach that would not serve the Obama Marxist agenda Grinnell was pushing. And I hope I'm saying that guy's name right. Of course, President Trump probably never saw my article, but he shouldn't have to since my argument should have been no, a no-brainer, intuitive deductions by anyone with a genuine biblical worldview in the Trump inner circle. A simple policy pivot from an emphasis on decriminalization to an emphasis on ending violence against homosexuals would have sent just as powerful a message without endorsing the regressive leftist view that discouragement of sodomy through public policy is a bad thing. Discouraging the public, health, and morals menace of sodomy through law was an unassailable conservative policy position less than a quarter of a century ago in our country. Now we're supposed to flip 180 degrees and embrace Obama doctrine instead? This brings me to Vice President Pence and a worry I've had about him from the beginning. It was five years ago next month that Indiana Governor Mike Pence caved to the gays when the Indiana legislature passed the Religious Freedom Restoration Act to, among other things, protect businesses from attack by LGBT activists and preserve free speech rights for Christians. Governor Pence, who had been ready to sign it into law, backed down, requiring the act to be amended. I don't remember the details, but I remember it was a big victory for the homosexuals that I wrote about in an article titled, India Meets the Borg. 
I went easy on Pence in the article, but I've never really trusted him on LGBT issues since. And you know what? That's interesting because I've heard other people say the same thing. Um, and um, it is concerning. I, I actually have seen many homosexual uh, activists online talk about how they fear Pence becoming president um, because of, um, well, because he, he appears mostly to be anti-gay. Uh, and I believe, I'm trying to think if it's his wife. His wife was vilified. Anyway, long story short, it can all be like, you know, appearances and stuff. But anyway, we'll continue with what Scott Lively is saying here. As the highest ranking Christian in the Trump administration, Mike Pence should be educating President Trump on the critical importance of this issue, even publicly dissenting in some respectful way on the Bollywood incident, which I consider a moral scandal far more serious than any alleged personal behavioral failings by the president. Every Christian sins in matters of personal conduct, and we have a remedy from God for that called confession and repentance. In contrast, taking public policy positions that directly contradict the clear instructions of God is a spiritual problem of a much higher magnitude. Every Christian leader with access to the president and an opportunity to do so has a duty to speak that truth to him. His endorsement of homosexuality even raises the question of whether Donald Trump is actually saved. There are lots of religious leftists running around saying they're Christians based on a belief in a non-biblical Jesus who condones and even approves what the Bible condemns. I argue that one can't be saved by belief in a false Christ, which Jesus does the president put his faith in. My first allegiance is always to God, and when the president sets himself at odds with God, I have no choice uh, but to stand with God and apart from the president. Not everyone who calls himself a Christian is as committed to the biblical worldview as I am, but there are enough of us that the president should be very concerned of the consequences of the path he's taking. And I think that's it. Okay, so that's it. Randall, you have any thoughts on that? I agree. Well, he certainly raises an interesting point, you know, that our individual sins, and you have a remedy for that, which is called, you know, confession and repentance. Right. But backing up, you know, coming in support of public policy, you know, it takes it outside of ourselves, that runs contrary to scripture. Uh, throwing in our support behind a sinful public policy, or certainly an unbiblical public policy, um, that does seem to, you know, if you think about it, that does carry a greater weight than any personal moral failing uh, because of the wider scope and impact. Uh, just like, uh, you know, our Lord said that whoever, someone's communicating with you, uh, whoever says to... Um, yeah, I'm popular right now. Whoever, you know... Whoever would cause a little one of these who has, you know, who believes in me to stumble, the better for him to have a millstone hung around his neck and be cast into the sea. You know, it's one thing if you yourself stumble, but, you know, and also, as the Lord said, he, you know, uh, he who he who breaks the least of the commandments and teaches men to do so will be called least, you know, in the kingdom of heaven. It's one thing to personally fail. But to, you know, multiply a sin by instructing others to do it, or, you know, 
what you do by supporting a public policy that promotes unbiblical practices. I would agree that that carries a, I mean, that's more, that's weightier. That's more serious than any personal moral failing. Right. To contribute to the delinquency of minors or others. Okay, we have some comments here on Periscope. I'm going to read these. And then we're going to jump into the um, thing. And yes, I do have some people private messaging me. I happen to be in a Ladies of Justice contest for um, for this month, February. I was paired up with three other women um, as a team. And we're competing for a $2,000 prize. Um and I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna do good. I, well, I, we're in the. We actually. We we are in the top ten. I think it is. We did. We did get in the top. Whether or not we won the top prize, I don't know. But anyway, that's. If you hear the dings, that it's my team communicating with me. Um, I don't think they know I'm doing the show. We could silence your phone. Just just a thought. Oh, that's an idea. Hold on. <laughs> Let me do that. Let me silence my phone. There we go. I have now silenced it. Hopefully it won't make noise now. Okay. Anyway, uh, homosexuality is a sin according to God, says Coolio. Explain why transgender people demands acceptance, yet they didn't accept themselves as they were. Good point. Trump's religion, liberty attack. I haven't seen that anywhere. Actually, Real Jackson, we're going to play you right after I'm done with this. We're going to play you some of this thing. I'll show you where, the, where you can watch it. It's three and a half hours long. Has Trump spoken out about homosexuality? Trump, Trump is a wimp on homosexuality. He's totally affirming it. He actually believes in legitimizing it worldwide. I spoke out about it when he did it. And anyway, yeah. Um, let's see here. Judge had a nine-year-old boy come out in his campaign. I don't know who that guy is, Gina. I want to know why a minority group gays can dictate to the majority how to run a country. Well... Um, you should go watch my series, The Marketing of Homosexuality to America. It actually lays out how they did that. Mormons recently caved to gay rights. Yeah, they actually caved a long time ago, but anyway. Liberalism is the root cause of the moral road that the world is following. I would say sin is, but in, but I would argue you're close with liberalism <laughs> compared to conservatism, but anyway. Do I have dry eye? Yes, I do. And I think that's part of the reason why my eyes are bugging me because I haven't been using my drops as much. Uh, there's a product from Bosch and Lom that can help. Yeah. Oh, really? I wipe toilets, huh? Did not know that. But anyway, okay, I'm going to look into that. I actually have my drops room, my bathroom. We'll get that later. Um, okay, so this is, uh, it's called... The Administration's Religious Liberty Assault on LGBTQ Rights. It's it's from the Committee on Oversight and Reform. This was a three-and-a-half-hour panel that was held at the Rayburn House Office Building in Washington, D.C. a couple days ago. This is where all this stuff is held, a lot of this stuff anyway. And I asked Randall to cue this up. Are you going to cue this up about the 49-minute mark? Yes. Okay, so the 49-minute mark, Mark Takano is going to be talking and what he is, is a liberal, I believe, and he is arguing that um, appointing one gay guy, which is the guy I referred to in Scott's article, um, doesn't make up for how Trump rolled back LGBT rights. So basically, 
what he's complaining about is Trump has put all these, um, he's tried to protect religious rights and thereby the LGBT activist community is saying, well, you hate us and blah, blah, and you've, you've rolled back our rights forever and you hate, yeah, whatever. Anyway, after that guy, we're going to hear another guy. His name is Representative Kelly, and um, he is going to be talking about the Child Welfare Inclusion Act, which is H.R. 897. And you will hear what he has to say. And unfortunately, I can't play you the two other things that I did, but I'll give you a little rundown on what these other guys had to say. But And I will tweet this out as well. So if you're following me on Bible News Radio, I'll tweet a link to where the whole three and a half hour thing is, and then you can you can watch the whole thing. I'm probably watching it in pieces because it's three and a half hours. So, okay, Bareface, roll that that footage. Yeah, it's going to be compelling, people. You'll like this. I'm going to listen to it. Thank you, Chairwoman uh, Maloney, for convening this historic hearing uh, and uh, acting Ranking Member Jody Heise for the uh, opportunity to address the committee. I'm Congressman Takano, Mark Takano, and I represent California's 41st District. Uh, I also serve as one of the seven co-chairs for the Congressional LGBT Equality Caucus. The caucus is comprised of 169 members, LGBT people and allies who all share one basic value, the belief that everyone deserves to be treated with dignity and respect, regardless of their sexual orientation and gender identity. Uh, you know, and I, I do want to address a couple of things that the acting ranking acting rec member sort of claimed uh, in his opening statement. Um, he talked a lot about uh, the ability to express one's religious beliefs uh, in the public square, and I have no problem with that. We have a robust tradition of that in our country, and our country was founded, uh, uh, founded by people coming from Europe uh, who uh, were suppressed and weren't able to do that and were punished. Um, but we need to make a distinction between the public square and public accommodation and entities that are supported uh, by federal dollars or entities that are given uh, certain kinds of dispensations, uh, tax-free uh, status because of uh, what they are. And we, we have certain expectations uh, that anything favored by the government or supported by the government treats all people equally. So the public square is different from this idea of public accommodation. Um, you know, Alex de Tocqueville, Alex de, Alec, uh, Alexis de Tocqueville, when he was traveling around our country in the early 1800s, noting the differences uh, between the old world of Europe and this new democracy in America, he, he was very curious to see uh, how religion operated in America. And he, he, as I recall, he noted the corrupting way, the corruption that occurred when the state favored religion and that the religion itself became corrupt. And he saw the possibility that in America where religions had to compete on equal ground for the souls of Americans, uh, that, that kept religions more pure. And um, uh, so I offer that as a kind of uh, uh, way to look at uh, how we regard religion in America, that the government has to be this neutral place, neither favoring or disfavoring any religion. Uh, and, uh, uh, and that if any that taxpayer dollars go to an institution, uh, that that institution has to treat everyone fairly and cannot discriminate and cannot use religious liberty as the reasoning for why it would discriminate. 
Now, as a former teacher, I'm particularly attuned to the ways in which children are affected uh, by uh, government and policies because LGBTQ children are very, very vulnerable. Uh, the rates of suicide are much higher among, this, among uh, young Americans who are LGBTQ. Now, uh, the gentleman noted uh, the appointment of Richard Grinnell as evidence that this administration uh, bears no ill will toward LGBTQ people. Well, I'm going to say that the appointment of one gay person to an important post um, does not compensate for the systematic discrimination against LGBT people that affect millions of people. So one person is not evidence of, 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 a, benign, of a benign executive. Uh, it's actually an insidious argument. So uh, let me just sort of outline these policies uh, that have been pursued by the Trump administration despite the president's claims that he was going to be for LGBTQ people in his campaign. In the spring of 2019, uh, the Housing and Urban Development Department proposed changes, HUD, cha uh, proposed changes to the Equal Access Rule, which would allow shelters to explicitly discriminate against transgender people. Uh, they want to make it harder for LGBTQ people who suffer from high rates of homelessness to put a roof over their heads. This is an example of a systematic uh, discrimination against LGBTQ people through policy. And the appointment of one person who's LGBTQ to an important post does not, uh, does not compensate for that. Last fall, the Trump administration made legal arguments before the Supreme Court that would limit non-discrimination protections for under Title VII, which exists to prevent people from being fired for their sexual orientation. They want to give employers the power to fire you based solely on who you are or who you love. I say religious liberty does not extend to, uh, be, to, to firing people based on who they are. Uh, and they give, uh, they've also given taxpayer-funded organizations that provide essential social services the power to turn away LGBTQ people seeking their services. And the list goes on. In addition, uh, to attacking LGBT, uh, uh, LGBTQ Americans and their place of work and threatening their ability to have a safe place to live in, this administration has rolled back protection in schools. In 2019, Secretary of Education Betsy DeVos refused to confirm whether or not her department supports policies that prohibit discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation or gender identity. But we don't need her to admit this. We know that this is happening and that she's failing LGBTQ youth. She did acknowledge, however, in her 2017 decision to roll back key Title IX interpretation uh, uh, that, uh, that disproportionately affects transgender students. And it's true. It's a shame that the Secretary is hell-bent on rolling back protections for students who need it most. And as a former teacher, as I said, this is personal to me. I want to ensure that schools are welcoming for all students, regardless of their gender identity or sexual orientation. All Americans, and especially children, deserve equal protection under the law. I also have the honor of serving as chairman of the House Committee on Veterans Affairs, and I've witnessed how this president and his administration are disrespecting the service of brave Americans who step up to serve our country by instituting a trans military ban. Banning transgender people from serving is an affront to American ideals of fairness and justice, and it undermines our national security. This administration will go to extremes to make discriminatory policies the law of the land in the United States, but this won't happen on our watch. 
The Equality Caucus will now sit back as the, as the Trump administration continues to dismantle crucial non-discrimination protections to the detriment of vulnerable members of the LGBT community. We have decades of experience in fighting back against these types of homophobic attacks. And while it is disheartening to stop to wage these battles in 2020, we have no plans to back down. We will fight this taxpayer-funded discrimination and continue uh, to defend the LGBTQ Americans. And once, once more, I end with this thought, the appointment of one single LGBT person to a position of importance does not compensate for the systematic assault on the dignity of LGBTQ Americans. Uh, thank you, and I yield back. Thank you. Okay, so we're gonna hear a guy next that will uh, kind of give you a different opinion. But Randall, I know that was the first time you heard this. What did you think? Um, he he hit all the talking points about you know who you are it has nothing to do with what you do. Right. It has nothing to do with behavior. It's intrinsic character. Um, well, not even character. It's it's in, it's like intrinsic. It's just like color of skin, you know, or color of hair, or you know, nationality, you know. Um, sexual orientation is this, you know, birthright or whatever, you know, people for who they are. It's not about who they are. If they were, you know, you know, if they were doing, you know, heterosexual, you know, practices that were, uh, you know, in in conflict with uh you know the policy of the employer um you know, you know if you're if if you know if if you're hopefully you know if you're working for a church and you know you're on on staff or something and it's discovered that you were frequenting prostitutes or something like that hopefully you know that person would be let go what because of who they are no because of what they do because of what they're doing, because of their behavior. Uh, but I was born, whatever, you know? Um, and so, yeah, so the, you know, talking points, who they are, who they love, that that's what they're being Well, and, uh, and he's upset discriminated against. about President Trump's ban on transgenders in the military. Because uh, it undermines national security. Well... Excuse me? Yeah, I mean... I'm sorry, but if you can't figure out who you are as a person, I don't want you defending me in a uniform. That's just well. Um, imagine some some man that identifies a as a woman, put in barracks, men's barracks. How long is that guy gonna last? Imagine a guy who did that and then betrayed our country. Well, yeah, don't have Bradley to imagine Manning. that. All right. And then we footed his bill after he attempted suicide in jail, and and then the, the knucklehead decides he's going to run for some political seat but, after but, he gets but the, out. But the whole gender identification thing didn't come out until he was incarcerated for his for his treason. Right. Had he done that while an active duty, not not in the brig, while he was you know among the barracks, you know identified himself to me, or. Imagine, imagine he identifies himself as female, therefore he's put with the female soldiers. How do you think that would fly? Yeah. All right, well, we have some feedback in the chat room here. Let me see if I can read a couple of comments. There's a lot. I'm not going to read them all, but let's see what we got here. Uh, wow, you guys wrote a lot, didn't you? Um, 
Let's see here. So Gina said, so you shouldn't fire someone if they are a child resist. They just who they are. Um, and then Lorena says, I feel like this is redundant because society is pushing for gender equality. So I don't get this. Uh, okay. Gina meant child rapist. Okay. Um, okay. There's nothing in the Bible nor constitution, anything about having trans, gay, etc., queer people having to be placed in the military or government. Was he a Democrat? I believe he is, and he was in California, so, you know, just saying. <laughs> Can anything good come out of California? We did. <laughs> I don't know. Some people would find us debatable. We escaped. <laughs> yeah, we did. Okay, so... Uh, okay, so this next guy after this, um, and let me go go back though. I'm not going to play this part, but there was a guy before him named Sean Patrick Maloney, M-A-L-O-N-E-Y, who testified um, he was a homosexual man who's been, quote, married for 28 years to a man. Um, and basically the line of BS that he gave when he spoke, and I'm being blunt because, frankly, it's ridiculous what this person said. Um, anyway, was that he has adopted a number of children and the, the adoption agencies singled him and his husband out to be people to adopt because nobody else in the whole entire world, in the heterosexual community of worlds of worlds of millions of people who want to adopt babies who are, who are born to drug moms or whatever, there is nobody else in the whole entire universe that would adopt except homosexual couples, which is why these places have singled this guy out. That's basically what he said. You can go back and watch it. It's actually the guy right before this one. But anyway, um, I want to thank Ariel Ministries, our sponsor, first, before we play this next clip. Um, Ariel, you guys, great ministry. Uh, like I said, they're sponsoring us through, through the end of next month. So make sure uh, to go use that coupon code Bible News. Go use it. You save 20% when you go to ariel.org. And I want to thank all of you personally for the last three and a half years. Ariel has been graciously supporting our show, sponsoring us, um, because they they love us. They support what we do. And, um, you know, and you guys have graciously gotten things from them. And so thank you for doing that. Um, and thank you for making it a success for the last three and a half years. I totally appreciate it. Don't forget, go get your stuff over there now or whenever you can before the end of next month. Um, and also, don't forget, um, if you'd like our show, you want to donate to what we do, just go over to BibleNewsRadio.com forward slash give. You can donate through PayPal using your credit card. Uh, if you want to have a check drawn, you could do that. I also you, I am on Venmo as well if you want to um, donate that way. Um, and certainly, um, not last nor least, <laughs> but if you need legal shield protection and identity theft protection, I'd love to talk to you about that. So just get in touch with me and I can go ahead and get you signed up, um, as soon as possible. By the way, last night I put out a thing that for the next person who does sign up, that would kick me into the next level as director. I will give you your first month free. Uh, 
just because it's my way of celebrating and saying, hey, thanks, and you'll get protected. You'll get a free month. I will actually be advanced to director. It's a win-win for everybody. Uh, so if you haven't signed up yet, I totally encourage you to do that. Okay. Randall, did you uh, want to say something? Yeah, good? and you know, you said people need legal protection. You don't have to be facing a lawsuit to want to have unlimited legal consultation from a highly qualified law firm in in your area. I mean, there are, you may have questions about a contract. You know, you never ever you know install a software, and here's this end user license agreement. It's like, yeah, whatever, firstborn, I don't care. <laughs> you know, whatever to ask for. Okay, I accept. You know, all that legalese. You can have someone review that before you say. You know, before you accept, you can have attorney uh, review that, and so many other things. Bad customer service experiences. Um, the list goes on and on. Your will. <laughs> worth yeah getting your will done i have like i have people. a financial advisor who signed up to get his will done okay i asked uh, he's like this is a great service and i'm like yeah it's great isn't it i said how i said isn't it one of the first things you talk to your customers about is the, their need for a will yes I, and i said when they come back a year later and you review their finances how many of you how many of them have gotten their will done not many barely any actually um, I said, don't you think this would be good to have a resource for them? 25 bucks, you can get your will done. That's a good point. Yeah. Thank you, Melissa Wilder. <laughs> so I love her. <laughs> yeah, so it's... Anyway. Anyway, it's it's much like any other insurance, health insurance, auto insurance, homeowner's insurance, except it's not like you make a claim and there's a deductible and, you know, there's not a pocket. Ex the out-of-pocket expense is $25 a month. And they don't get one claim per year or whatever. You get unlimited legal consultation. And from out of the bat, you get what, 30 hours or? 60. Six, 60 hours. If you should have to go to court in a civil, uh, civil litigation, you've got an attorney uh, from day one uh, that will go to court for six. But, but wait, I never do anything that warrants a lawsuit. And I certainly, nobody's ever sued me at all. So why do I need this? Um, just because it hasn't happened yet doesn't mean, right. it's, you know, and, and, and if you can have that assurance that, like I say, from day one, there's an attorney that'll do 60 hours uh, of trial. Well, it's like what, 20 hours of pretrial and 40 hours of court, something like that. I don't know. I forget the, no, it's not, it's not, it's kind of sort of not really close Randall. <laughs> anyway, but we can anyway. discuss that if people want to sign up, I can tell you. Yeah, but but <laughs> 60 hours of a law firm's time uh, for actual litigation, but unlimited consultation on other matters. So, anyway. Uh, I will just say I've had one person that I prospected that I was sharing with who I know need an attorney, and they're like, I don't want to deal with your attorneys because they're cheap. And I'm like, no. No, they're not cheap, people. The Legal Shield a provider law firm has it's it's held to higher standards than regular attorneys, number one. And number two, we use a shared economy and they are being paid up front. Handsomely. Handsomely. Not cheap at all. Uh, no. It's, and, um, it's win win win. It's 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 win for you because you get their time for you know, cheap, but because of all the members that you know their their subscription is pooled it, the the attorney 
firm, the you know the law firms love it because they've got this guaranteed stream of high dollar income. Yeah. Well, let me just say this. Here in Tennessee, I can only speak for this. Merritt Webb, Wilson, and Crusoe is our provider law firm in Tennessee. And they take in about 525 phone calls a day. We have about 25,000 members all three states. here in Tennessee. Uh, 25,000 for all three states. No, no. The the 500-some phone oh, the 500, calls is yeah. for the three states that they're, they but, cover. But when you think that there's approximately 40 attorneys in that office... And they take over 500 phone calls a day. Well, just in the just in the Tennessee office, yeah. they've got a North Carolina and South Carolina anyway, office. Anyway, the point is, the point is that that people need lawyers. <laughs> That's the point. We're providing that help for twenty five dollars a month. It's only one plan, and it covers your whole family. Just so you know. Okay, anyway, so if you want to learn more about that, just get in touch. Also, get yourself protected with identity theft protection. Ifs, no hands, ifs, or buts about that. You need to be protected. Um, and um, we were just voted, like, number one, just so you know. So, anyway, okay, let's let's go and, and play now uh, the comments from Representative Kelly. Um, is that it, immediately afterward? Yes, or? it is. Um, and he is, he is um, well, he's on the religious side he's the pro side he's not the pro gay side he's the uh he's the he's trying to talk about religious freedom so we'll just go here and you know, carry on thank you uh representative kelly mm -hmm. uh, thank you chairwoman uh, maloney and ranking member heiss for holding this meeting today um i think that sometime and i don't know when it'll happen that we need to take a look at policy instead of politics i i just don't get the idea where we always got to go to the point where we're attacking each other all the time. You know, yesterday was the beginning of Lent. These 40 days, and the Lord says, return to me with your whole heart. That's the purpose of these 40 days that we practice, a lot of Christians practice, and I saw so many people yesterday with ashes on their forehead. Now, I don't know whether they were part of the lesbian, gay, trisexual, transgender, or queer people community. I don't know what they were. I know what they believe because they show it. And I think today's hearing is one of those things where you start to think about what is it that we're trying to do and what is this hearing about? And I would just submit to my friends on both sides of the aisle and across the country, this is about providing loving homes for children who are put in a position that they don't have a loving mother and father. And I would suggest that if we look at the very beginning of that, it all started in the faith-based community. It started with the religious people who said we have to find homes for these children. We have to have them grow up in a home where they are loved and they are cared for and they are nurtured. And I've met Mr. Maloney's husband and they've done a great job raising their kids. I think that's wonderful. The part I'm here to talk about today is a, is a piece of legislation, H.R. 897, the Child Welfare Provider Inclusion Act. The Child Welfare Provider Inclusion Act. Uh, and I, I want to really place the emphasis on Inclusion Act and not Exclusion Act. The purpose of the legislation is to promote inclusivity and diversity among child welfare service providers and prohibit government entities from discriminating against a child welfare service provi provider on the basis that that provider declines to provide a social service that conflicts with sincerely held religious beliefs or moral convictions of the provider. 
This is not an act that says anything about anybody else who is providing these services. It is not saying to exclude them. And I find it interesting that in a, in a, in a situation like this, where we are sitting today, that we have decided that unless you believe what I believe, you are not entitled to provide loving homes for little boys and little girls. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Mr. Maloney talked about discrimination. I was like, discrimination does not go one way. It seems to go both ways. If you do not believe what I believe, then you're, you're discriminating against me. And so I'm on the other side of that issue and say, well, wait a minute. That's not what discrimination means. It means that we're open to all that. This bill, H.R. 897, excludes no one, no entity, no service, no agency, from having access to federal funds, not to take care of, of a political issue, but to take care of homeless children that are looking for a loving home. If we're going to continue to tear apart what this country is based on, all because it doesn't fall within our agenda that day, then how far have we fallen as a country, and more importantly, as a nation? I've sat here for nine years. This bill has been out there. All we need to do is get sponsors that say, you know what, we're with you. History tells us that it's all began in the faith-based community. They have deeply held religious beliefs. The LGBTQ community has deeply held beliefs. We do not discriminate against their beliefs. And we say, if that's what you choose, that is fine. All we ask is that you don't discriminate against the faith-based community because they don't hold those same beliefs. In America, we're going to decide who's morally right, who's wrong. It makes absolutely no sense that we are even having these debates and we're saying that unless you believe as we believe, you are not entitled to any funding. And what we're forgetting about is when we're going through this, with this opioid situation, how many children, how many children are waiting to go into a loving home? And are we really going to tell these agencies that provide foster care and adoptive care, you know what? You're not thinking the right way. Well, I tell you, I think they are thinking the right way, and I think they are thinking with their hearts. And I think they are thinking that it's more important to take care of children who need a loving home than to have a debate. I have absolutely no problem with the LGBTQ community and what they believe. That's fine. All I ask is don't discriminate against somebody else who doesn't hold those same beliefs and that believes something different. If the issue is children, and it should be children, if the issue is providing loving homes, and it should be about providing loving homes, why would you tell the faith-based community you are not entitled to do that anymore? Even though you started it, and you're the ones that have provided it for so many years, we are now going to tell you, because you don't believe as we believe, you can do it. There's nothing in H.R. 897 that would ever take away anything from other agencies that think differently. And if we really are American, if we really do believe that everybody has a voice, and we really do believe that all are welcome, and we really do believe that our mission is to do the right thing for the right reasons, then I would just suggest it's time to really take a good, strong look at where we are today. And those things that divide us are so much farther away 
from what this country was founded on. We need to stop having this type of divisive talk and talk about inclusive talk. And I get where my friends are coming from, and I would just say, there's not one thing in HR 897 that would divide that would that would take any funding away from other agencies that believe differently than what the religious uh, and the faith-based community believes. So I uh, thank you so much for inviting me here today. I would ask all my, all my uh, friends on both sides of the aisle to please take a look at HR 897, and let's really concentrate on what we need to concentrate on, and that's the children. If this is about children, let's make it about children. Let's not make it some type of a political divide instead of a strong policy that takes care of children that are so in need of loving homes. I thank you for having me, and I yield back. Thank you very much, uh, Congressman Kennedy. There you go, people. All right, so that was Congressman Ken Kelly, and um, just or Representative Kelly, rather. And I have to say that I love the guy. I like what he had to say there. And you know what? This, like I said, this is three and a half hours. I tweeted it out. It's titled "The Trump Administration's Relig Religious Liberty Assault on LGBT Rights." Actually, it's just the administration's. Is the Okay, well, we put Trump's because it's Trump in the title over on YouTube, just so you know. Well, the 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 title of the video on YouTube is The Administration's Religious oh, Liberty. yeah, okay. I'm looking at mine. I stuck Trump in there just, uh, you know, as clickbait, basically. Meanwhile, Bud's Game Vlogs wrote, Trump burn in hell, and it's showing that I can either approve that on my YouTube channel or I can hide it. Just so you know, I saw it, though. I'm not going to approve it, butthead. Just so you know. Okay. Anyway. You were uh, talking about that earlier today. What? About the use of that word. Mm -hmm. Well, anyway. If the shoe fits. Anyway, I, um, how many of you, I'll take a poll right now. How many of you would like me to play more of this? Okay. Just let me know. Put a one or something. Put a, put a three in the chat box if you want to hear more of this panel. I think it's important because this is being debated, debated in our government, people. And most people are not paying attention to it. Okay? You know what I'm saying? So I think it's kind of important to look at what's being said in the government marketplace of ideas. And I think that, um, I think that, um, um, I think that, I think it's a good lesson for all of us because it is too diametrically opposed worldviews you know and remember when Elijah on Mount Carmel was debating the gods of Baal you know he said hey you know pick who you're gonna serve if you're gonna serve God serve God if you're gonna serve Baal serve Baal but you can only you can only pick one side and that's how it is and, you know, there's lots of people like Donald Trump, and he is one of them, okay? Donald Trump is right here. He's walking that line. He's walking the, that thin line. He's trying to compromise. You cannot compromise on sin, people, and I don't care who you are, what you think. God's word is very clear on that issue of homosexuality, okay? And if you're trying to compromise on it, you're trying to be inclusive, you know, because you, you can't. You know, I, I can tell you, I have friends, I have friends personally that have had to give up their children because they're in that lifestyle and they refuse to repent. And they, these were kids raised in a Christian home who were not abused, but they chose that lifestyle. You know, I have sat with 
a few of my friends who are mothers who are completely brokenhearted and devastated because their kids are in the LGBT lifestyle by their own choice, spitting on the heritage that God gave them, you know. And I have friends also who were in that lifestyle who the Lord redeemed and they repented and they called out for help and they have been set free and now they minister to people all over the place. You can't compromise. You're either yes or no. There's no in between on this issue and I don't care who you are. If you get mad at me, I don't really care. Honestly, <laughs> I don't because God's word's very clear on it. Um, anyway, so put a three. Did I, did anybody like, um, want to see any more of this? If you do, then let me know. Um, if you don't, well then, well, you might see it anyway, just so you know. <laughs> Because I want to I wanna see what other people are saying and how my worldview is being representative. Okay, Randall, what do you think? Well, I really like what uh, Representative Kelly, Congressman Kelly, said um, about this bill. Um, you know, in inclusivity, you know, in the title. Uh, and let's, let's take it back a step to deeply held religious beliefs. Let's say, you know... Because neither Muslims or Jews will eat pork, then any any restaurant that receives USDA products cannot serve pork. Um, you know because that's offensive to those non-pork eating individuals. So if you get US products that have been USDA approved, then then you cannot, you know, because that's done with taxpayer money, USDA inspections. You know that they they cannot serve pork. I mean that's that's ridiculous. If you don't eat pork, you don't go to a place that serves it. Um, and and the U.S. Department of Agriculture does inspect pork. Um, but you know you get the idea that they're not saying that you have to serve pork. This is to make everybody say you cannot. And, and as you said, there's nothing in that bill that would take away LGBT rights. You know, if, if you know this center wants to do LGBT adoptions, they can, however many want to. But but the idea that you come along and say everybody has to do LGBT options or or you can't play. Right. And that's 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 in the name of anti-discrimination. It's it's anyway it's it it, it doesn't <laughs> it just doesn't make sense it defeats itself it's being discriminatory and it's and it's non-discrimination point of view uh, because it's not taking away anything from anyone it's about not taking away something yep. from someone all right, just as a reminder, next Saturday we're going to be doing this interview with the Antichrist. Yeah. Yeah, we are. All right. Jeff Kinley is going to be my guest unless something happens at the last minute. Usually it won't, but you never know. But anyway, interesting book. You guys, you can go get it and um, check it out. Okay, interview with the Antichrist. His hour has come. Um, that's next Saturday, a week from today. Um and George says pedophilia and bestiality is next. The Antichrist are going all out. Well, it's already here. 
I mean, pedophilia, they've been raping babies for years. That's, you know, and they're trying to advocate for the normality of that. Go to beforeyouact.org. I mean, it's, it's all there, you know, I mean, I know, but some people are finally waking up after 30 years of, of the people like me yelling and screaming about it. But anyway, um, I, uh, I think tomorrow, are, are we still in first? What are you going to do tomorrow? Bareface, it's Sunday. Um, yeah, I don't think I finished first, John. You didn't? Okay. I don't know. I have to review. I'll check it out. Okay. If not, if, if I did, if I didn't, then I'm going to finish it up. If I did, then I'll announce tomorrow <laughs> what we'll do next. Well, so did you guys like the show tonight? Did you? Put a one if, well, put yes if you liked the show. Okay. If you didn't, just don't say anything. Just be nice. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. You can, you can put whatever you want. Uh, my feelings aren't easily hurt when it comes to that. Do you guys broadcast in the same room? Yes, we do. I'm literally sitting across the hall, this, the thing from him. Across the table. Across the table. That's what I wanted to say. Let us touch on your camera. Okay. All right. So that's Bareface's hand right there. I, this looks so awkward. Yeah. Okay, here. We'll do this. Take the book. Okay? All right. Course, we could be we could be time zones apart and still do that okay wait how about we do this here's the empty water bottle there's the book yeah yeah still i mean we yeah. could be thousands of miles apart and still do that good but Mia's been here. She's lived in this room with us for like an hour at least. <laughs> so, she, so she knows. It's true, people. All right. So thank you guys for tuning in to the show tonight. Glad you liked it. Hey, don't forget, if you're on YouTube, hit like, hit subscribe. Tweet it out if you don't mind. You can also share it on Facebook. If you're on Facebook, hit like and subscribe and share it out if you so desire. Uh, if you're on Periscope, you can hit and like and describe and share it out if you'd like. <laughs> there you go, people. All right, so that's it. Okay, so on that happy note, I'm going to say be bold, stand up, and go with God because he loves you. And we'll be back tomorrow night, Lord willing, at the same time, 8 p.m. Central Time.